0: Welcome to The Word from the Ancient Path, Stories and Sermons for the Journey. A channel of blessing and encouragement for friends all over the world to hear and experience how God speaks and works through ordinary people with an extraordinary calling. We have stories of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we have the Word of God declared through the pastors and missionaries of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job. I'm very happy to be with you. Our ministry was founded by Pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz in Joveanos, Cuba, and my wife Tani and I serve as Chief Connection Makers in the United States. Our team of pastors, missionaries, advisors, and kingdom servants is dedicated to planting churches and spreading the reach of the gospel. And so we pray that you are blessed and inspired by these sermons and reflections and the testimony of what God has done and is doing in and through us. In September of 2010, I went to Cuba by myself on a trip that would prove prophetic in our ministry. The previous year and a half had been tumultuous for the Job Santiago family life and in our shared ministry both on the island and in the United States. Having worked since 2006 on a prayer partnership that included a combined 120 families between our home churches, we had seen this thing initially threatened when Jose and Yami were pulled without warning from their beloved congregation at La Capilla El Salvador in the summer of, 20, of 2009. In the following spring, the Jobes received notice that we would be leaving Grace Church and our home in 2010. So the initial plan for this trip in 2010 was to pass on the partnership to the pastors who had replaced us in each setting. But my American counterpart canceled his travel plans at the last minute and their Cuban successor, after initially welcoming us back to La Capilla, changed his mind for reasons I can't articulate and chose to reject the partnership outright. In the meantime, Jose and Yami had accepted the work of becoming missionaries to two new sites about 15 kilometers from Hovellano. So following many late night prayer and conversation sessions where we questioned the Lord as to what he might be doing and where he was calling us, every morning we would get on the ministry motorcycle and ride out to Coliseo and Coabalito. Now, Coabalito was where I spent most of my first week in Cuba without a translator, and despite my rudimentary Spanish, Joseito insisted that I teach a lesson in Sunday school that weekend. I took a deep breath, I opened up my parallel English-Spanish Bible to Isaiah 61, and I started to teach. My family and my new friends were remarkably patient as I fumbled through it. Four months later, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua was born, and that same passage about the kingdom of God had become the scriptural vision for the new ministry. Well, this episode is streaming for the first time on the second day of Christmas, and in this season of Christmastide, we're reminded of the truth of what happened so long ago. I love the way it's put in John chapter 1, 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth this word the logos or divine agent of god made his dwelling among us he was with god and was god it says in john 1 1 this word is jesus the perfect incarnation of god and it's actually this passage that reminded me of my time in the little town of Quabalito. Coabalito resembles a kind of picture postcard caught in a time warp. It's an itty-bitty farm village adjacent to a large cattle ranch in a valley below a small range of green forested mountains. And it's beautiful beyond the words I might use to attempt to describe it. During several days there, we passed a lot of hours on the big wraparound porch of a modest home. And some of the young people had set up a couple of large speakers and worship music was playing throughout the day. One particular song that I learned on that shaded veranda in the warm September air has become a favorite of mine. It speaks to the truth of God's glory as it's held up alongside my shortcomings. In Spanish, it's called No es como yo, which translates to he's not like me. Though he became a man and he called me by name, he's not like me. Although he was tempted in every way, he's clean and without sin. He's not like me. Purity and holiness are the color of his skin. He's not like me. Though he's been made flesh and called me his brother, he's not like me. His throne is in heaven and his power fills all things. He's not like me. All of creation will fall on its knees before him. He's not like me. He's holy and perfect, divine and eternal. There's no comparison. He's not like me. He transcends all that exists and he's dressed in majesty. There is no comparison. He's not like me. And I think, seriously, the creator of all things has given up his majesty, become flesh, and come to live and serve as a sacrifice on my behalf? I can't even begin to understand such a thing. And and so I wonder what this should really mean to us. What kind of abiding joy can we live in knowing that someone like Jesus, someone so far above and beyond us, came to pitch his tent among us and has shown us the face of God? In the twelfth chapter of his book, the prophet Isaiah writes to the nation of Israel, and by extension to us, and says this. In that day, you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away, and you have comforted me. Surely, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself, is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel among you. Once again, we dip into these incredible poetic writings. Like any good biblical prophecy, Isaiah's words have application in several contexts. In that day, he says, for the people who first heard Isaiah's word, that day was about being rescued from exile and by extension, looking forward to the long awaited day when the King, the Holy One of Israel from the line of David would come. And that day arrived, bringing the glory of God and a salvation that serves as a deep well of joy for those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. And this is a hallmark of the people of the ancient path. One afternoon during my first trip to Cuba in November of 2006, I went with my dear friend and mentor, Pastor Tim Burton, to a rural Methodist mission called Tehran. As the invited guest preacher, Tim delivered a powerful message based on this very passage from Isaiah 12, encouraging a small group of believers to drink deeply from the well of salvation. And following the sermon, people began to line up to be prayed over for deliverance or healing. And I was placed in a station and they started to come to me. Now I had already recognized an anointing over the word and over the place in that moment, but I started to experience then an anointing of the Holy Spirit over me like none I had ever known before. Through our translator, I was told that a woman who approached had been fighting severe headaches and that medicines were of no help to her. I placed my hands on her head and began to ask for healing and suddenly the Spirit began to speak to me and told me that while I prayed for this woman, I also needed to pray for my wife back home as she was dealing with severe migraine at that very same moment, and I did. And both receive relief by God's power through my tiny little portion of faith. And in the years since, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit's power has been typical of my experience in the church in Cuba. Now, during the years following the revolution, people were pushed to abandon God and to place their faith in human leaders. But beginning in the 1990s, the people of Cuba began to understand their need for the Lord and a wave of revival that continues to this day is helping people understand that God's gift of salvation and abiding joy was always the answer they sought. In the midst of great daily struggle, as Pastor Yami says, we are a content and joyous church. The people of the ancient path have learned to drink deeply and with joy from the well of salvation. We're going to take a moment now for a short break. So stay with us for more on the ancient path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed, to see people set free from a wholesome captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. If you would like to be a covenant financial partner or just simply contribute to the work of the ministry, visit our website at ancientpathministries.org, check out the church in action, and see how you can be a part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom are back. I invite you now to hear once again these familiar words from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. It says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I've been listening recently to a message by the Reverend Crawford Luritz called The Gift of Joy, and in it he argues that joy is inextricably linked to our salvation and that all of our pursuits of happiness are simply, whether we can see it or not, attempts to be in relationship to God. The angel says, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And why is there a great joy, we might ask? Well, the answer is, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Joy in the Savior. Joy wrapped up like a gift for us to receive. And so, in the cartoon, Linus clearly declared that's what Christmas is all about. I would say that's what joy is all about, Linus. The Savior is our deep well of salvation. You see, the coming of Jesus brings more than fleeting happiness. As Isaiah proclaims, the Lord is our strength and salvation. As the angel boomed across the valley, we have good news for all people. As John said, we have seen his glory. Because God chose to come among us and dwell with us in Christ, we then are recipients of great, great joy. And we would be wise to stay near and drink deeply from that well. Jesus says it himself in John chapter 15. He says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. It's a truly great wonder and remarkably special thing that God would choose to gift us with salvation. So why is it that we tend to only want to take a sip? You know, that baffles me, and especially when I find myself unable to drink deeply. The great 20th century apologist C.S. Lewis spoke about it in this way. He said, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. (laughs) Why do we bow at the altar of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? When the pursuit of God, and even simpler than that, the drawing from the well of salvation comes with abiding joy. Remember, happiness and joy are two different gifts. Happiness is breakable. It's highly circumstantial. It depends on things being in order as we want them so that we might be content for a specific moment in time. Pursuing happiness consumes us, it saps our strength, and it tends to leave us unsatisfied. But receiving living water from the well of salvation brings joy. It brings a deeper and more lasting thing, something born out of renewed and restored and rebuilt relationship with God and with our brothers and sisters in the faith. In our best moments, joy overflows in praise to God. And in our darkest hours, joy sustains our trust, and it helps us remember our strong defense and the source of our salvation. Now, as always, when the gift of salvation is presented to us, we have the free will to decide whether or not we're going to unwrap it. As the old saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So from which well will you choose to draw on this the second day of Christmas and on each day that lies out in front of you? You can place your faith in material gifts that you receive, or the gatherings that really are like picture prints by Courier and Ives, or in someone in a red suit at the mall, and you can fight over the color of his skin if you like, but all of that's simply a distraction. All of it is as much paper tiger as any political system or leader or dictator. You can drink every year from the holiday sales and the Christmas music that starts 24-7 at the beginning of November to get you in the Christmas spirit, whatever that is, and you're still going to find yourself thirsty. There will still be a place inside you that feels empty, and rightly so. But beloved beloved friend, I encourage you to remember something. The word became flesh. Unto you is born this day a Savior. God lives among us, we can see God's glory, and we can drink joyously and deeply from the well of salvation. And when we abide in Jesus, drawing daily from the well of salvation, it will become a spring of water, as Jesus said, gushing up to eternal life. And then our lives will bear fruit. We'll understand God's will. And anything we ask in the name of Jesus will be ours. There has been made to us a better offer than what the world can give. He's not like us. He's holy and he's perfect. He's so far beyond us and yet he stoops to love and to strengthen and to save us and fill us with streams of living water. Someone, something different has come and may this season and then the next may we drink deeply from the well of salvation. This brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you so much for being with us. Join us next time as we continue to explore the word of God and the witness of his people. And again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. Until next time, we pray God blesses you richly. Go and be the church.